good morning, church. How are you today? Are you good? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a wonderful day to celebrate fathers, um, fathers on earth, fathers in heaven, uh, and uh, it's just a special day, special day to be a father too, you know. For me, my birthday is in the month of June and r- relatively close to Father's Day usually, so, you know, my kids are like, mm, let's see, maybe we'll just get you one gift since it's so close to your birthday. <laughs> But uh, it's just a blessing. Um, today we continue it with our Rooted series. And, uh, but before I, we do that, I want to share with you just a reminder that on Tuesday coming, this Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. will be the general's visit. Uh, the Salvation Army international leader will be visiting here. Out of all the places in the world that he could be, uh, he will be with us on Tuesday. And uh, so I want to invite the church to be here present, 6.30 p.m., uh, soldiers, adherents, members, visitors, all of those, all of the above, join us for worship that evening. Um, and then I also wanted to point out today, we had the opportunity to uh, move one of our adherents, uh, Kim Lovell, into soldiership. And so she became a soldier today uh, here in our church. So I, let's give glory to God for, for that uh, today. And so as we begin our service, or our, work, our message today, I want to point to what the, the, the topic is, which is um, how we should give and what, what, God, uh, what does God think about our money and our giving and our tithing and our offering to him. And so the Bible in, cha- in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21, tells us, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroyed and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." Now, our treasure should be God himself and things that he wants us to, be, to value. The Bible talks a lot about giving and stewardship and even investing, pouring in, sowing, and reaping, the Bible talks about. And our Rooted Week 8 uh, points us to the question, how does God view our money? And how should we give our money? We know that money serves a purpose for our well-being, for food, for clothing, all the basic necessities of life. Money, but money can also cause problems and drive wedges in relationships and in business partnerships. Money can even cause one to sin. And we're reminded in Scripture where it says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. It can cause us to not rely fully on God and his provision in our lives because when we have money, when we have everything taken care of, then why would we need God? And that is a question that many people work, uh, an issue that many people deal with uh, today. It can cause us to not fully rely on his promises, on his provision, on his sustenance, on what he gives to each and every one of us. Well, we already know that as believers, we are called to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. That's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, 
Verse 5, and if we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, that means that whatever we love more is not according to God's plan for us. Because how can we love anything more if we are loving the Lord our God with all our hearts? We can't love something more if we're loving God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. So we must love God with all of everything, with every part of who we are. His plan is that we love him with all of our hearts, not our money, not our possessions, not even people, not even our loved ones. This suggests that as believers, our heart is where our treasure is and what we spend most of our time, most of our resources, and most of our abilities on is where our heart and our treasure lie. Our responsibility as believers is to use what God gives us to glorify him for his work, for the work that he calls us to. And the level, level of giving of our time, of our talents, and our treasures suggests, that the, suggests the condition of our heart, should suggest the focus of our heart. It suggests where our love truly is. It suggests where our alliance is because it is God who has given us everything that we have and everything that we truly need. So how then should we give? Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 9, we're going to read that right quickly. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me there. 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 through 9. It says this, And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. Verse 5. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on our part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to testify the sincerity of your love, uh, to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. Verse 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Amen. May the Lord add a, reading, a blessing to the reading of his holy word this morning.
You see, Paul here refers to the Macedonians who were experiencing poverty so, that, so extreme that it was unimaginable that they would be able to give, that they would even be able to make it day to day. Yet they became an example of generosity to the Corinthian church, to the whole body of churches. And more remarkable than their gift, the, the gift that was made was the way that it happened. They gave with joy and with their poverty welled up in rich generosity. They gave as they were able and even beyond their ability. So more than what they had, which was nothing, they gave that and even more than that out of the grace that they had received from God. Lois Malcolm, a professor at Luther Seminary, writes in her commentary on this passage on the scripture. It says, when Paul holds up the Macedonians as an, as an exemplar of giving, his emphasis is on the fact that it is God's grace that enabled their paradoxical, abundant joy and extreme poverty to overflow with a wealth of generosity in the midst of a particularly difficult time. You see, they were not supposed to be able to give, and that's the paradoxical part there, is that they didn't have it to give, but still they gave out of their generosity and out of the, 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 their heart, out of the generosity and out of their poverty, they gave because of the grace of God. Our giving is a sure mark of a heart that has been touched by God. And so, how does God want us to give? Well, the Macedonians shared with us some examples of how they gave. And Paul uh, points out to us this. He says, God wants us to give gratefully, with a grateful heart. Christian giving flows from the heart. It's an expression of gratitude for what Christ has done for us. We love because he first loved us and we give because he first gave to us. Not for recognition or from the wrong motives or to earn favor with God, but we give because he first loved us and he first gave to us. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 2, it reminds us, it says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. You see... God wants us to give gratefully. And our giving is a sure mark of a heart that has been touched by God's grace. Secondly, God wants us to give sacrificially. The Macedonian believers were not just going through hard times in that moment. The text says that they experienced a great trial of affliction. It says a severe trial. They were going through it for a time. It wasn't just for that moment. It was an extended period of time. This can be known as deep poverty. We are not sure what caused their poverty or their a severe affliction. But their circumstances did not prevent them from giving 
to the Lord. In fact, as we read, they gave generously. It's the attitude in our giving, not the amount that makes the generous, that makes the difference to God. It is the attitude. And in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to, 40, uh, 41 to 44, it reminds us of the wealthy who threw large amounts of money into the offering. In verse 42, it says, But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. And then Jesus goes on to say in verse 44, they all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. Now that is giving sacrificially, to not have, but yet still give and give even more, like the woman and like the Macedonians. How then should we give? Gratefully, sacrificially, we should also give eagerly. Have you ever heard of someone when the offering plate is passed, they're saying, oh, oh, bring me the offering plate. I want to put my offering, my tithes, my offering in. No, we probably haven't heard or seen that in church, right? Not, that, not to say that that's not necessarily the heart of our givers, but typically we don't do that. We don't respond to the offering that way begging for the tithes and offering to be taken so that they may have a privilege to give. But that's what these Macedonian Christians did. In spite of what they had, they, though they were in extreme poverty, they eagerly longed for the opportunity to give. They were waiting with whatever they had, and they were eager to give. It wasn't forced or through guilt It was because their treasure was God. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And your heart is because you love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. It was because God was their treasure and all that he wanted, they wanted to give to him. It flowed from grace, not from guilt. So we give gratefully, sacrificially, eagerly, and we also give spiritually. The most important thing about giving is not that you give your money, but that you give yourselves to the Lord. And one of my favorite passages of Scripture found in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2 reminds us. And it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. This is your true and proper worship. It also goes on to say, Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, his perfect will. When we are renewed in our mind, that's the seed of our thought and of our emotion. When we love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength, that is the renewing of our mind. That is God taking control of every fabric of our being. And because of that, we sacrificially give to him. 
our bodies, all of who we are in worship, in giving, in serving, in doing as he calls us to do. Amen? Amen. Lastly, God wants us to give out of the motivation of our love for him. Give out of love. Remember, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Paul is contrasting the giving in the Corinthian church at that time versus the giving in the Macedonian church. He wasn't ordering the Corinthian church to give, but he was giving them an example that the Macedonians who had nothing gave generously out of a heart of love because they experienced the grace of God. He is reminding the Corinthian church that giving flows out of a heart of love and obedience to God, a heart that has been touched by the love and by the grace of God. And so, because we know that Christ came, he came in a state of humility and poor, being poor, so that we might live. He came with his love, and that love is the love that we should offer to others and a love that we should give to him as well. It is because Christ became poor for our sake that God wants us to give out of that love that we have for him. Are you still with me? So in closing, someone once said, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And I gave credit to someone, see? (laughs) Someone was... I just thought that was a joke when I put someone in there. Someone once said, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And that's true. So some questions for you, church, this morning. Does your giving reflect your gratefulness? Does it reflect your eagerness? Does it reflect your love? Do you give spiritually and sacrificially? You, should, you know, we should never neglect the privilege of giving back to the one who gave himself for us. And he's done that in abundant ways in my life. In, in ways that I know I don't even deserve. And so for me, man... I want to give all of who I am, right? Talents, time, and treasure for the sake of Christ so that others might see and and know who he is as Savior so that the work of the church can take place, that we can reach the lost of our world. This week in Rooted, you will have the opportunity to dig deeper into giving and stewardship of God's resources. I think it's important 
that we all are good stewards of what God has blessed us with. Will you stand with me? Father God, we just thank you so much for your message on giving and stewardship and not just of our treasure, but of our time and of our talent. What we do, may we just be vessels for you, Lord, that others might see you, that others might come to know you, Lord, as their own personal Lord and Savior. We thank you that uh, we can worship in this place. Father, I pray that for those that you've been speaking to this morning, that your Holy Spirit will continually prompt and nudge and work on their hearts today. And so we bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord. Be with us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, as the praise team uh, leads us in our commitment time, if God has been prompting you, the Holy Spirit's been prompting you, please come to this place of prayer and you may give, give the burdens of your heart to him today. God bless you. So we look to our Father on this Father's Day, our Father God in heaven. Turn our eyes to him and he will direct our paths. He will give us everything. The things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace, which is abundant, which is free and abundant for you and for me. It is. Bless you, uh, saints, today. Bless you, church folks, for joining with us today. We want to be... uh, Recognize, acknowledge that our, someone are still, some are still praying at this moment. But uh, if you'll join me in prayer as we uh, close our service. Father God, we do thank you so much for your presence here. And we thank you for the mighty moving of your spirit, Lord. And we pray, Lord, for those that have made commitments and have come forward. Those may, may be at home, Lord. And those may be in their, in their chairs, even here, Lord, made commitments to you this day. I pray that you hear our prayers. We know, Lord, that you hear our prayers and that you respond, Lord, according to your will. And so we trust you. We trust you, Lord, in your response. We trust you, Lord, in all that you're going to do in, in and through our lives, Lord. You are, Father, the great creator, preserver, and author of all things, Lord. And we just thank you. Bless your name, Lord. Be with us as we leave this place today. We ask that you give us a wonderful Father's Day, Lord, and bless us. Bless us with our family and friends and loved ones, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, and we pray this in your mighty name. Amen.